The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you all for joining us today. I'm very glad that you've joined us, very glad that you're listening here on this week of Thanksgiving, because we're going to be talking about gratitude today and how it is that in that wonderful, spiritual, mysterious way, there's always enough, whether we think there's going to be or not. Um, So thanks for listening. And thank you also for liking Spirit of Recovery on Facebook. We have a Spirit of Recovery page there on Facebook, and it's great. we got a new like today, so it's great uh, to have that and know that you're following what we're doing here on Spirit of Recovery, because our desire is to be of service to you and bring you... uh, Great guests and wonderful ideas that support your spiritual growth in recovery or just in your life, whether or not you're a person in recovery. Thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery, your unity community, your other spiritual communities know about us here on unityonlineradio.org. And it's great to have the opportunity to broadcast on the topic of spirituality and recovery. And I love hearing from you. Uh, Thank you for the emails. Thank you for the posts that you put on our page. And it's great to know that what we're doing is making a difference to you, that our guests are touching your heart and opening your mind. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community, and I've got always guests that are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. My guests are either people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people, and um, a lot of times it's all the above. And uh, my guests are always bringing practical information that you can use in lively discussions that get you thinking. You can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen live via your computer, via your smart device. You can go to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. You can listen to archives. We've got several years' worth of great archives, so you can listen on demand. Just go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery. Also, I want to let you know that if you like what you hear on Spirit of Recovery and also on the many other wonderful programs here on Unity Online Radio, and you can support this nonprofit radio station financially if you would like to. If you want to do that, it's easy. You can make a one-time gift or a recurring contribution. Just text UNITY RADIO to 72727 from your smartphone, and all of your contributions go to support the programming that's on this nonprofit radio station, unityonlineradio.org. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place so that if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, if you're a family member or a friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, um, you're welcome here. Perhaps your loved one is or isn't in recovery. Perhaps you as a family member or friend 
are or are not in recovery, um, that's good. Or maybe you're a person that is in recovery from a substance or process addiction, process meaning a behavioral addiction. Or maybe you're just curious, you're just interested, what's all this recovery business about? And we're so glad that you're here. Whoever you are, you're welcome. We're glad you're listening, and you're welcome to um, phone in or email in a comment or question for my guest. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and also an addictions counselor. And in addition, I'm a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction. 34 years ago, those relationships were a major catalyst that got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development, and I am eternally grateful for that because it changed my life and keeps changing it in wonderful ways and my walk is an integration of unity and recovery principles and it keeps me growing so i am very grateful very delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you to bring you great guests and to hear what's happening for you in your recovery walk in your spirituality walk so today it's we know it's Thanksgiving week, so you know we got to talk about gratitude, so that's what we're going to do. And uh, I think we're going to talk about it in some interesting ways, maybe shed some light on it in some new ways, some deeper insights that perhaps will um, uh, be a wonderful support to us all and open our minds a bit in, in thinking about this world of abundance that we live in and that we're a part of. So our topic today is God is never late. And, uh, you know, if you're like me, you probably worry sometimes that you're just not going to have enough. Maybe you're worried you're not going to have enough time, money, energy, or sanity even, or you name it. You might have more things on your list. You wonder if you're going to have enough to make it through. And, uh, you know, what in recovery, what's in the invitation is to let go of the fretting and the fussing and rather make conscious contact with our loving, gracious higher power, power greater than ourselves as we define it, and then at one day with one day at a time with gratitude to learn to trust and live in relationship with that power, live in relationship with abundance. My guest today is Greg Barrett, and he's going to be sharing with us from his great wealth of many, many years of practicing spiritual principles. Actually, for most of his life, he uh, is a unity minister, and he was raised in unity, so he's had lots of years of uh, learning this wonderful way of life of meeting a lot of the wonderful uh, spiritual teachers and mentors that are in unity and he's had so many wonderful uh, teachers authentic teachers and and uh, spiritual experiences that he'll be sharing with us from that wealth but he he always tells me he says don't ever think that I walk on water because I've got pontoons on my feet so he'll He'll tell us about that. But um, he's been a unity minister for 34 years, and he was formerly the director of International Youth of Unity. He served as the first vice president of the International New Thought Alliance, and he was elected the president of four unity regions and has led some of unity's most successful churches. He has an audio CD, The Gift of Healing and The Gift of Sleeping, and that is unity's all-time best-selling CD. Currently, Greg is the Senior Minister of Unity Northwest Church in Des Plaines, Illinois, and you can learn more about him and his work if you go to that website, and it's unitynorthwest.org. So, Greg, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. It's always good to talk with you, Anna, whether it's on or off the air. You're one of my favorite people. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I like that. I like hearing that. That's good. And back at you. Back at you. And you've, you've been our guest a couple of times before, and you always bring such wonderful things. So so glad you're here. So um, you had – I have a plaque on my desk that's God is never late. I don't know where I bought it years ago. And it was lost in my pile of papers here on my desk. And then this week, it, after I read a story that – you posted online, it surfaced. I didn't look for it. It surfaced. So would you tell the story that you posted online that is related to this idea that God is never late? Well, thanks. You know, synchronicity is a wonderful thing, and that's what you're experiencing. Uh, I had written this article, and I called it God is Rarely Early But Never Late. And it was based upon the experience of a classmate of mine in ministerial school, Marianne Bowers, who um, 
is Catherine Ponder's editor for many of her books. Um, and she was the minister of San Angelo, Texas, uh, Unity Church for many years. And she told me about this experience that she had there. They'd, uh, had a, uh, a big mortgage payment due and I think they had 150 bucks left in the church bank account and I think they had 48 hours. No particular, uh, sign of, of, the answer surfacing and, and so she got a, uh, prayer circle together of her, you know, closest people in the church and, and as they stood in a circle, she told them the story about Myrtle Fillmore. Now people don't realize this, but the Fillmores did not just have instant success in founding unity. They almost lost everything. And actually Charles Fillmore later said that almost losing everything, hitting bottom, so to speak, was what was the impetus for making the changes necessary to make Unity the lasting organization it is now. But the story, uh, this was the, the week when things really were at their, their most serious. And uh, Myrtle Fillmore's standing in a circle with all of her closest people. And uh, they're going to pray uh, because the... Uh, the printing presses are ready to be foreclosed, and uh, they don't have but, you know, a dollar to their name. And a woman in a circle calls out, let us pray that our money holds out. And Myrtle Fillmore said, no, let us pray that our faith holds out. And so Marianne Bowers tells them about that. They, they pray their prayer of thanksgiving, giving thanks in advance for the supply. Now, Marianne was a person who I saw over and over again demonstrate prosperity principles, and I suppose I could tell some of those stories later, but she she truly meant it when she was giving thanks in advance. Uh, the next day she taught a class, a woman came up and said that she was giving her a prayer request, slipped it into her pocket, and uh, it was a coat pocket. When she took her coat off, she got home, there wasn't just a prayer request, but there was a check attached to it from a wealthy Texas oil man who was looking for a uh, tax break and uh, had never set foot in a Unity Church, and it was for just a little bit more than the amount of the mortgage payment. And she spoke the immortal words, this just proves that God is never late. He's rarely early, but he's never late. Mm-hmm. I love that story. Wow, it's... It says so much about, you know, about abundance. It says so much about thanksgiving. Greg, what do you think it is about, how does this work? I mean, sometimes I know people hear these kind of stories and think, well, it's magic and you're only supposed to live on the edge and just, you know, wait for the something, quote, magical to happen. But that's not what this is. Can you talk a little bit about, break it open, what's what's in this? What is this all about? Well, I think gratitude is not an escape from personal responsibility. And certainly, you know, I remember the, a friend of mine went to, to India to study with some guru, and the guru made the announcement the first thing he expected of all of his students was that they learn how to pay their own rent. <laughs> mm-hmm. and so, you know, you, you don't live in la-la land in, in, in another world. So, so you must take personal responsibility. Recovery is, I believe, a school of personal responsibility. And yet, it's a personal responsibility that is sourced in a divine power. And you cannot rise up into that divine power to be sourced there unless and until you, uh, you lift your consciousness in a certain way out of the place that you've been in that created the problem. And uh, that's why people go to meetings. That's why people... Uh, practice or spiritual practices, and one of the simplest spiritual practices is just to say, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. Right, because it lifts, talk some more about what you mean by lifting your consciousness. What's con- what's that, tell us more. Well, you know, uh, everything is vibration and energy, and uh, boy, I don't want to get too abstract here, but we, our minds, our rational concrete minds have created the problems we're in. We've uh, thought our way and then acted based upon that that uh, unhealthy thinking into whatever the difficulty that we find ourselves uh, may be. 
And that's a certain level of consciousness, a certain level of vibration, a certain level of energy. And there's only one way to pull out of it, and that is to raise our consciousness, to lift our energy. And um, it's like tuning uh, a radio frequency to a higher frequency, uh, and there's ways to do that. Prayer, meditation, the slogans of recovery, going to a meeting, uh, all kinds of things. But gratitude is probably the fastest, and uh, the Fillmore's who founded Unity were really big on that, uh, giving thanks in advance, um, and that 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 vibration of gratitude brings about huge changes. Um, I don't know if I told you about this guy named Bob, but I remember about 25 years ago, I was speaking in a church. They sent a guy named Bob to pick me up in a van, and he said, you want me to tell you about my healing story? And I sure, why not? He said, well, I had two terminal diseases, and then the third one was spinal meningitis. Uh, it wasn't terminal, but it was so painful that uh, the doctor said it was some of the worst pain that you could possibly have. I had all three at once. And um, I was lying in the hospital, and I just started giving thanks and just saying, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. And he said, it got so intense that he said, I could feel heat coming off my spine, and the nurses would would actually call each other in the room and warm their fingers off the heat coming off my spine. And he said, I got over the two terminal diseases and the and the one that was so painful, and uh, years later, I, I was I was in that church uh, as an employee, and uh, uh, people remembered Bob, and they verified all of that was true. They had walked that path with him, and so ever since then, I I, I just you know anytime I'm stuck or I know somebody who's stuck, uh, I, I just suggest say thank you, God. And when I talked to Bob about it, I said, "How did you keep yourself in that consciousness?" He said. If I had to do it every 10 seconds, I just, anytime my mind would wander, anytime I would go to another place, I would just get into that gratitude. And, um, you know, there were several people who verified that that gratitude that he expressed created his healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it's, it, it, I'm kind of seeing this, like something like dissolving a rock almost something if you could pour something on a big rock it's like it just dissolves it and opens up space for for something different to come through I, I like the way you put that opening up space because that's what it is you you were in such a narrow and constricted consciousness that's another way to envision it and by lifting up we get broader and broader until we grow bigger than the problem the I that we are, it becomes bigger. And it doesn't mean that the problem's not still there. A person in recovery is still a person in recovery, but as they progress, they grow, their consciousness grows bigger than the the problem, and, and they're no longer limited or defined by it. That's a good way to put it. Talk some more about how how a self-definition changes, how we understand ourselves changes in the recovery process. Well, you know, at, at that lower level of consciousness, we, we identify with and we think in a sense that we are whatever that problem is, the addictive disease or the codependency or, or the behavioral uh, uh, problem. Um, I like the word you were using in your introduction about behavioral addiction. What was that word? You process, process addiction. addiction? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, so, but we, we identify ourselves falsely. It's a false eye. It's a, <laughs> it's an eye with a dot on top of it, a little eye. And when we, when we move first by surrender and then by practicing the principles of recovery into the higher place, we get to expand into what's called the capital I, the, the eye that is, um, uh, broader and, and and more spacious. And as you were suggesting, creating more space, and the, and the problem can still be there, but it doesn't, in, it, it is smaller in the mix, relatively speaking, because we've expanded ourselves into a consciousness, into a place where um, it doesn't define who we are. But when we're in that lower, narrow place, 
uh, that's pretty much all we got the room for is for that problem. So the idea of practicing the principles of spirituality and recovery is to broaden ourselves and to move ourselves out of that uh, restricted egocentric consciousness into something that's more universal from the little I with a dot on top to the big I that's capitalized. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're talking, I'm thinking about the phrase that's in the uh, book of Alcoholics Anonymous, talking about being rocketed into the fourth dimension. <laughs> wow. <laughs> rocketed into the fourth dimension. And, and, you know, that is so, that is really true because the fourth dimensional consciousness, if we want to get into this mystical uh, understanding of it, is the I am consciousness. Uh, in unity, we call it the Christ consciousness, but it is a universal consciousness that um, that is fourth dimensional, meaning we are no longer living according to the the rules of the three, third three dimension, a third dimensional consciousness, which is cause and effect and uh, stuck on the timeline. You move into the fourth dimensional consciousness, and there is oneness, and that power that is the power that is greater, and um, it certainly can be understood as. Uh, the God that we understand it to be as, uh, as, 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 a, as deity, but it's also not separate. And, um, because it's all oneness in the fourth dimensional consciousness. And, and in, in the founders of, of, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous understood that, that it was, uh, a level where everything is one. And, uh, the beauty of the program is that, you know, whether we're in a very, um, even primitive understanding of this higher power, uh, or a very uh, uh, lofty and exalted understanding of it, uh, it's something that will transform and move our lives, and we can always climb up higher. That's fabulous. The, uh, and on that note, it's time for our first break. Uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. Our topic is God is Never Late. My guest is Unity Minister Greg Barrett, and he's sharing with us lots and lots of richness. We'll be right back. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. For listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, our topic today is God is Never Late, and I'm your host, Anna Schaus. My guest today is Greg Barrett. Greg um, is a unity minister. He is a person that uh, knows a lot about this whole spiritual growth process from many angles, and he has uh, been uh, connected with unity principles, with spiritual principles, and known many wonderful spiritual teachers and been a and is been and is a wonderful spiritual teacher himself. He is currently the minister at Unity Northwest Church in Des Plaines, Illinois, and you can learn more about him and his work if you go to their website, unitynorthwest.org. So before I get back to my conversation with Greg, I invite you to join me in a brief moment of uh, rocketing to the fourth dimension here, a brief moment of meditation, the Serenity Minute, to share a constructive idea, and then just take a moment in the silence. So, I invite you to relax, to notice that you are present here and now, to feel that goodness of your own life in this moment. Relax, feel peacefulness as it moves, as relaxation from the crown of your head all the way through your body temple. Notice your breath, and you can bring your attention back to your breath as a touchstone, as a way to let go, to allow your mind to become quiet. 
and share with me this constructive idea. God is right on time. My life is good. I trust that all my needs are abundantly met. God is right on time. My life is good. I trust that all my needs are abundantly met. Now we take a moment in the quiet. Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I hope that that was a moment to relax, to let go, to open up and make that conscious contact with your higher power as you understand it. I'm back now to my conversation with my guest, Greg Barrett, and we're talking about gratitude and abundance and how it is that God is never late in our lives. So, uh, Greg, before the break, we were talking about the fourth dimension there, that, that place of oneness, and that, that is a phrase, I love that phrase, in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, being rocketed into the fourth dimension, and um, by working the program, by doing the principles, the spiritual principles. So what is it like, you were talking about it as being in oneness, um, that consciousness or that experience of oneness. So what's that like? What's how's behavior different? How are conditions different? Whatever. When we well, are... you have a lot more options as you broaden yourself and move into that consciousness of oneness. You're no longer as limited by space or time, and so if you have a need, uh, you are connected uh, synchronistically with with the answer. Just as you found your uh, "God is never late" sign right after uh, reading that article I wrote. Um, these wonderful coincidences show up because we're operating on another frequency, another dimension. We're in a, we're, we're, it's almost like reconnaissance. You know, if you're down on the ground, you really don't know where you're going, but if you can look on Google Maps from a, from a bird's eye view, uh, you, you can see where you're going. And similarly, you move into that higher level, that higher consciousness, and you can know when to hold them, when to fold them, you can know what to do. Uh, one example came to my mind, um, my very first church, I had a gal come in, and uh, she was really distraught. She said, "I I had a uh, I lost all my real estate. Actually, I, my purse was was uh, uh, lost or stolen, and I had all my real estate documents in it. Uh, there's a two hundred thousand dollar commission on this sale. It was a huge deal. And she said, "I have an unlisted telephone number, and uh, uh, you know, I I, I I don't know where where this is. And I I got the the class together, and we gave thanks in advance." that it was recovered for her. And she got a call that afternoon, later after the class, uh, she told us later, that from a friend of hers whose office was next to a dumpster, and someone brought in from the dumpster the purse, but there was no identifying um, per, uh, you know, stuff in it because that had been stolen with the money, but all of the... Um, all of the real estate documents were good. They were in there, and this woman recognized the purse as her friend and called her. I mean, how how could that even happen? And it isn't, again, some magical thing. It isn't to absolve us of responsibility. But I have experienced, and I've known people who have experienced these things over and over again, where they're not limited by the circumstances of life even the definitions of um, the problems that they're facing. They're not defined by them, but they can lift up into a place where um, they have a lot more options. And uh, it doesn't absolve us of responsibility, but it means that uh, we can live our lives more flexibly. You know, I really like that. And, and, and talking about this this idea of, of responsibility and that is a one that we all have to deal with as we're growing spiritually, and, and I find it having to deal with it on many levels. What's coming to me is that um, certainly one aspect, one key, maybe primary aspect of 
being responsible is taking responsibility for developing our uh, greater consciousness or our spiritual consciousness. Yes, uh, and that is really a life's work. That's the soul's work. Um, and it shows up in whatever line of work we're in or our relationships. I mean, like Sunday mornings, you and I have to come up with a talk. And uh, if we just show up with no spiritual preparation, um, we're going to... Well, one of my teachers in ministerial school once said, I've noticed that those ministers who don't prepare and say the Holy Spirit will give them the talk, uh, the Holy Spirit tends to repeat itself over and over and over again. <laughs> because you have to do the, the groundwork. Even if you let go of all your preparation, as I know you do and, and I try to do, you still have to prepare and cultivate your consciousness and uh, sow the seeds and uh, you know prime the pump and do that work. And for those of us uh, who are walking a spiritual path of recovery, um, that work is uh, spiritual practices every day and uh, not taking a day off, but but working working with these principles on an ongoing basis. And then when something shows up, what do they call it in the traditional churches? You're prayed up. So you can, mm-hmm. you can, you can meet it with resources, what Jesus called the kingdom of heaven treasure, where moth and rust cannot destroy and where thieves cannot break in and steal. It's, it's the real treasury and you can make a withdrawal from it. But if you're, you know, just running on fumes and not doing your spiritual work, uh, it isn't uh, something that you, you know, absolves you from developing that consciousness. Right. Where does honesty come into this in doing your spiritual work? Because honesty is sure a big part of recovery. Because the disease of addiction, in whatever way we may be experience have be experiencing or have experienced it, um, is all just filled with dishonesty. So, how does honesty fit into living in the fourth dimension? Well, I, you know, I, I'm thinking that integrity, which is the result of honesty, is uh, it's a it's a it's not being on a le- leaky boat. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. having a sound vessel, uh, and honesty is the honesty and dishonesty is a set of behaviors, and that that determine whether or not the vessel of our integrity. Uh, is is able to stay afloat, and uh, and then storms can come, and uh, you know if you got a sound ship, you can ride it out. Um, so so it's it, we might think that we can get away with something on the short term when the seas are calm, it may seem like it, but there's always that time when you've got to have that sound vessel, that vehicle, that consciousness to get you through whatever it is. And if you don't have integrity, uh, you, you know you 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 you'll start taking on water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like I don't know. One way I think about it uh, is that to in whatever ways we're out of integrity, meaning that we're not connected to ourselves, or something's out of whack, or you know we're not aware of something in ourselves. That's going to create some kind of event in our lives that is likely not pleasant. Or hitting bottom, or whatever you want to call it, and even in long-term recovery, that's an ongoing process. Hopefully, it does get better. I mean, it's not so severe, but it's continuing to face that stuff instead of running away from it or trying to pretend like it's not there. Is facing it and using it as a way to to create your sturdy boat there. How would you see that when these problems show up, so to speak? I think there's really two things you're you're uh you're pointing at one is that uh, the consciousness you're in, the integrity you have, can um, create more beneficial outcomes for you, both third dimensionally and fourth dimensionally. I mean, we know that if you do the right thing, you will tend to have a life that works better. But also in terms of spiritually, uh, that's the first thing. And and the second thing is that you're always going to have stuff to deal with. I mean, no matter how you know. Uh, lofty you, you, you think you are there always are going to be storms in life uh, you got to take the good with the bad uh, jesus said the poor you will always have with you 
And I think metaphysically that means we're always going to have to deal with things. And the question is, uh, are we going to learn from it or let it rock us? You suggested a, a moment ago that it's something we can engage with, learn from, and use to fuel our spiritual growth rather than allow it to swamp our boat and drown us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about situations in my life where, you know, many years ago, 30 years ago, I really was rocked by things. And in more recent years, I had things that probably objectively were more serious, but I was I, I, they didn't affect me. I didn't take on the water. And that has to do with hopefully progressing in life so that uh, uh, even though you deal with the situations of life, um, you've grown to a size where, relatively speaking, it isn't going to overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. Yep. Greg, one thing I know that you say and we've talked about before is thinking about uh, maybe yourself and, and other people as, as you're in service in ministry is to ask the question, what does this soul need? Tell us about that. What does this soul need is uh, I remember uh, spending years with a little sign next to my phone. Um, and it just, what does this soul need? Um, it's it, First of all, it's an understanding, a recognition that we don't want to engage with people as much on the level of the personality, ego self. But we want to lift up into the soul need. So let's say we're in relationship with someone who is a practicing addict. Um, what the ego wants or what the personality wants may be some money in order to go out and use. That's not helping or serving. And uh, understanding of, uh, of moving out of codependency and into more healthy relationship is lifting up to the level of the soul. What does the soul need? is really uh, not necessarily meeting the need of the e- or the want of the ego or moving up to the e- the need of the soul by um, discerning spiritually and intuitively um, what would be most beneficial even if it's the last thing that their personality ego self wants but not doing it out of a spirit of resistance and revenge but out of a spirit of um, wanting the highest and best, even if this person isn't capable of seeing what it is. Right. That's powerful. And, and certainly uh, people who are family members or friends of those who are in active addiction or active um, distressing behavior, that's the, that's the learning. That's the deal is that is to learn what is truly uh Helpful. What's quote healthy help, and what is in it? What's enabling the problem? You know, when is it? Even even if you do get uh, resistance and an upset and abuse from the other person wanting you to do for them, you know, wanting you to help them out with their addiction, but to refuse that, it takes courage and it takes a lot of discernment. And, it, and there's not a rule book about it. That's for sure, and that's where we have to develop a fourth-dimensional consciousness, which is intuition. Moving from the intellect, which is third-dimensional, and rocketing into the fourth dimension, like you said, which is intuition, which then can know when to hold them, when to fold them, and can know what is needed by that soul, uh, and, and to know, like you said, what's healthy help. You know, unhealthy help, somebody said help is the sunny side of control, and unhealthy help is... Uh, uh, is really a subtle way of manipulating and controlling a person against their own free will. But healthy help is sometimes um, hands-off, and um, sometimes you, there's action you take, but it's, you know, the serenity prayer. It's it's knowing what's yours to do and what's not yours to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that, as you say, that takes intuition. Tell us some more about intuition. What is it, and how do you develop it? Well, in a sense, I think intuition is the fourth dimensional mind. It is that, uh, what did Paul say, let that mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. It's that consciousness that is all-knowing. It is um, that oneness consciousness, and it's, uh, it, it doesn't think on the timeline, uh, cause and effect, cause and effect, you know, it, it's, it's off the timeline in the realm of oneness. 
So it's that's when synchronicity happens. That's when something will pop into your mind and you'll just go, oh, what is this? Or something will happen and you'll, you don't know why, but you know that you know that you know. Uh, some people, I think, in the early stages call it a gut instinct and trust your gut. And a lot of the time that's very helpful. Uh, and I think we develop it and exercise it like a muscle. Uh, on a very practical level, one of the best things to do is to just ask yourself, uh, on, on things that, where there's no downside risk. So I'm, I'm going to buy a turkey today because I'm, you know, it's leading up to Thanksgiving. So which supermarket should I go to? And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but by practicing on inconsequential things like that, and then just kind of see, do you have a feeling? Do you have a sense of it? And, uh, and then following it. And some really remarkable things will start to happen, and then you build on those successes. And if your antenna is a little bit wobbly and you make a mistake, there's no downside risk. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's time for our second break. Um, stay with us. Our topic today is God is Never Late. We're talking about gratitude and abundance. My guest is Greg Barrett, sharing with us from his great wealth of practicing spiritual principles. Stay with us. We'll be right back here on Spirit of Recovery. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, For Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. And now... Here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your host. Our topic today is God is Never Late, and we're talking about how it is that God is that abundance and that as we open up to that presence of God, as we live in a a spirit of oneness, as we live in that uh, spiritual consciousness, that we find that things shift, our perceptions shift, and there is enough in that dimension, and we learn how to make that connection with it. My guest is Greg Barrett, and he um, is a unity minister. He's been very involved with unity and with practicing and living spiritual principles his whole life. He's a unity minister for 34 years and uh, is an author and um, has been very involved in leadership in the unity movement and in leadership in successful churches. He is currently the senior minister of Unity Northwest Church in Des Plaines, Illinois, and you can learn more about Greg and his work at unitynorthwest.org. So, Greg, you um, uh, have been sharing with us some really rich ideas about this spiritual life, and um, certainly, as we live in it, we are one with that abundance. So, I know you've got some uh, a wonderful story about how many years ago you're going through a hard time and you learned something important about gratitude. Would you share that one with us? 
Yeah, um, you know, it was 1978, and I was a new ministerial school student, and I was going through um, my divorce, and my dad was dying of cancer. Uh, it was all hitting at the same time, and um, I was I went to the supermarket, and uh, there was a uh, a, a rack with um, uh, religious books on it, and um, one of them just said, uh, praise works. I had, you know, no desire to read uh, fairly conservative religious books or whatever. I picked it out, and basically this guy's premise was um, give thanks. Uh, Paul said give thanks in all things, and he said he didn't say give thanks for all things, give thanks in all things. So, what, you know, no matter what's going on, you know, that if I feel hate towards a person, I give thanks in it. And if I have been given a diagnosis of a disease, I give thanks in it. And just thank you, God, thank you. And um, I started practicing that, and it, it lifted me up through that experience that week. And uh, with my dad dying, I was visiting him at the time. And through my experience of the divorce, and I was, you know, deposited fairly gently upon the shore of my next um, segment of life, um, that was actually, I went home that day, uh, after standing in line, uh, reading this in the line and, uh, starting to practice it. And then I took it home with me and my dad had been given six months to live, uh, brain cancer. And, um, they had told us that uh, he was going to have to, um, be hospitalized. Uh, this is before hospice care was prevalent and uh because it was going to get real ugly and they gave us a lot of you know terrible uh prognoses and and uh i, I you know we i just prayed uh you know they said he was going to have a lot of pain and he, he 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 expressed that that he had some pain and uh we prayed together and the pain went away and it never came back and uh, I believe the next day, he was supposed to live for another six months, but it was going to be dreadful. The next day, um, he, he, he fell asleep and uh, said, I love you. And uh, my mom and I said, I love you to him. And, uh, and that was it. It was, uh, it was the most beautiful thing. And he was transparent. I don't know if you've ever been with someone who is ready to make their transition, is going through the death process, or that, that he just... It was almost like I could see through him. And, uh, you know, my dad and I always had not always gotten along perfectly, but I could just see the magnificent being that he was. And all of that happened because of giving thanks in, at least my experience, for giving thanks in the situation uh, in which I found myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of resisting it or getting caught up in how am I going to fix this or kind of bringing it all down in this heavy way, it sounds like. Yes. I mean, we're going to go through the situation, and you can't go around situations necessarily, but you can go through it with a greater sense of grace, I would almost say, and ease. And it isn't an easy or softer way, but it is, it's almost like uh, being in a sound boat and going through it rather than um, trying to, to lash about in it. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And and that all is part of abundance. I mean, what you just shared with us, that is abundance to be there with your dad and that experience as he's moving uh, into his next life and his next experience and having that grace. Tell us about some other ways that um, being in that spiritual consciousness is manifests abundance in all the different ways that abundance happens in our lives. How does that tell us more about it? Well, you know, the famous quote from Matthew, um, all things whatsoever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've already received them and you will. That's a pretty direct translation. And how do you believe you've already received them? Well, that's fourth dimensional. It's like it's in the now moment. You've already received something that has not shown up yet. Uh, what do they, uh, Paul said, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it's believing that you have it in advance. And the shortcut to it, in my experience, is gratitude and giving thanks, because you can't say, thank you, God, that I have, you know, found my keys that you've lost, uh, unless you move out of the timeline into that place where you are already one with the answer. So thank you, God, 
for you know for my I, this works great with lost wallets. <laughs> it really does. You know, thank you God that there's nothing lost in spirit and that I've already found my wallet. Thank you God that this need is met financially. Thank you God. Um, that I am already well. Thank you, God, that I've already forgiven this person if we're struggling with that. Thank you, God, uh, that I am already, I already know the answer if we're trying to intuitively discern something. Uh, the gratitude is a rotor rooter that opens up the channel and uh, moves us into that now moment, fourth dimensional consciousness in which we're already one in oneness with the answer. Mm hmm. You know, one thought I'm having as you're speaking there, Greg, is that uh, I bet one barrier uh, is to that, opening that up, is this, this deservability. I think some of us people maybe don't feel like we're deserving of getting that good, and that could be part of that rock that weights it down. What do you? How do you see that? Yes, and I think that's very true. It is, it is a barrier, and I think the gratitude works on that as well, saying, thank you, God, that I'm already worthy of this. Thank you, God, that I'm already um, deserving of this. In fact, uh, uh, I read, a, I read uh, somebody came up with the idea that you just say, uh, why is it that I am already worthy of this? How can it be that I uh, already feel deserving? And then kind of go into that question of it and then feel yourself in the answer. It doesn't work for everybody. It's kind of abstract, but for me it really helps because it gets you out of your rational mind because from a rational level that makes no sense mm-hmm. and moves you into the intuitive level uh, where all things are possible and everything's already won. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, for different ones of us, it sounds like it may take different things to kind of rattle the the cage a little bit and, and and move beyond that whatever thought constrictions we've created for ourselves or have we learn it you know we take it on but but we don't have to be stuck with it yeah i mean whether you use helium or hot air or or anything you still have to rise in the balloon of your consciousness up to a higher level and there are many methods of doing that mhm mhm you had a neat story about uh, one of the early unity ministers and about how she uh, prepared her talks when she was teaching a lesson. Would you share that with us? Yes, Amelda Shanklin, who wrote What Are You?, which is probably my favorite early Unity book. No, it definitely is. Um, she was she worked very hard. She was constantly writing. She was the chief editor of all of Unity's publications. And in addition to doing that, she had to give lectures, especially when they had retreats. And this is the 1920s. And uh, what she would do is she, she didn't have time to really prepare, she felt, uh, to the level she'd like to. So she would simply say, thank you, God, that I already have my uh, talk prepared for Tuesday at 11 o'clock. And she would just keep saying that. And, of course, she would do some preparation work. But what she found is that people would hand her articles or a book would fall off a shelf or someone would say something to her or an idea that would pop into her head and by the time tuesday at 11 o'clock showed up um it, it was already outlined uh she all she had to do is just throw it together and that works in the line of work we're in in ministry beautifully just to thank you god for putting me in the right consciousness at nine o'clock on sunday morning uh, i know exactly what to do and what these souls need mm-hmm. right yeah, it's really powerful. I've sure had that happen um, a lot here on Spirit of Recovery. I, I've had situations where it's like, okay, God, we need a guest, you know, uh, and somebody will show up one way or the other. I mean, certainly I do go out and make a lot of contacts, and at the same time, sometimes somebody that I haven't heard from for a year sends me a message and says, hey, I've got this person that would be really great on your program I contact him and voila, yes, I can do it. It's it works. It's really incredible. It really is. It's like is. the loaves and the fish. It, you know, you give thanks for it when it's not there and it shows up. Right. Yeah. It's it's really really something. So, how are you going to celebrate gratitude in your life in this special week of Thanksgiving? 
Well, actually, um, uh, my wife Lynn and uh, my son Jason are going to be going down to be with her family because her her father's gone through some some uh, uh, some challenging times medically, and he's doing well now. But uh, uh, I was not able to go because I've got services to do. So my daughter Rosalie and I are going to be here, and um, Brian and a turkey, and then I'm going to go on a retreat overnight on Lake Michigan with a balcony looking at the waves coming in and meditating. And I'm just going to meditate my way for 24 hours and pray and write and do the things that I need to do and uh, kind of have an inner Thanksgiving as well as the outer one the day before on Thursday. Uh-huh. That sounds wonderful. And we're coming to the close of our time here today, but share that, that with us a little bit, that uh Taking a retreat like that and spending that kind of time on inner work, some people are really used to that, and for some people that might be a daunting thought. How does that affect you, Greg, when you do that? What happens for you in your life when you take that kind of time apart? It presses the reset button, and uh, I, I know you do that. You frequently mm-hmm. have shared on on your Facebook posts you know, where you've gone and what you've done, going out to the desert, nipping the mountains and places like that. Um, but it isn't just a vacation. <laughs> it's, it's more than that. It's, it's, uh, uh, taking the time to be quiet. For some people, it might be reading spiritual books. For those of us that meditate, it's taking some time to go into the silence. Um, but it's being in a different environment, uh, especially nature. So many studies have shown that nature in and of itself changes the consciousness. Uh, a walk in nature has the same biological effect as taking an antidepressant on the brain, and uh, it's it's very powerful stuff. But also, just especially with the temperatures we're going to be uh, facing, uh, I'm going to be sitting indoors, looking out at the lake. That's right. You're you're in the greater Chicago area, so y'all are getting some snow up there. I think, right? Yeah, yeah. we're going to have a white Thanksgiving, as uh, Bing Crosby did not sing. That's right. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad and have a have a wonderful time, and I know that you will. Thank you a lot, uh, Greg, for being my guest today, and thanks for your commitment to spiritual development and for for living it yourself and for sharing it with others. And thanks for being my guest today here on Spirit of Recovery. Thanks, Anna. I appreciate you. Thank you. And all of you listeners have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I know that you will. And See that good that is already yours manifesting in your life. Have a blessed Thanksgiving. We'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting. No more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. A story from one of the world wars tells of a Christmas Eve when a spontaneous truce broke out on the battle line. French and German soldiers sang Christmas songs together, shared food, gifts, and stories, and played games. For a few hours, there was peace. Peace passed with Christmas. The next day found the soldiers back in their foxholes shooting at each other. 
We can choose to see either the tragedy in this story, the soldiers did go back to fighting, or the possibility the story suggests that in any moment, in any situation, there can be peace. That Christmas Eve truce began with a single soldier singing. Others joined in. When I sing my song of peace, who knows how many will join me and how long the peace will last. I can make a difference. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.